You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Takeoff Experience where I sit down with highly driven people to talk about their journey, their failures and their successes. If you want to take off in your career, your business, your finances, or your mindset, then this podcast is for you. Welcome back to The Takeoff. we got a special guest in the booth who's going to be blessing us with gems today. So this is my bro. Jermaine is a co-founder of a startup called Ground Floor who are building private clubhouses for remote workers to relax, work, and reconnect with others. So I hope you guys are ready for the gems that's going to be dropped today. How are you doing today, bro? I'm I'm doing all right, man. I'm my my chest is slightly hurting, but obviously I have my COVID test, so I'm all good in that. But okay, just, chest is hurting. Like what? Like like flu type or? Yeah, I think I'm coming down with the flu. To be honest, I'm just run down. Man, is it? Is what I'm thinking. Okay. About. Other than wow. that, I'm all right. How you doing? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm all good. I'm all good. I'm I'm working. I'm working. You know what's interesting, right? You're in Brussels right now, isn't it? You're, you're in Brussels right now. Tell tell the people why why you're in Brussels right now. Uh, okay, so it's pretty long, but technically I managed to secure my US working visa, um, which mm-hmm. is stressing itself. So technically, I've been working illegitimately from the U- United okay. States, which is slightly mad, okay. isn't it? Because you know you can't go; you can only stay there for three months, and you can only act as like mm-hmm. a tourist. So okay. I've obviously, like, because I've set up this business with Jamie, my co-founder, and Trim as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I sort of needed to, like, legitimize my stay in there because every three months I had to fly back. Um, And the last time I flew back, I was actually interrogated, isn't it? And taken to... Yeah, and they take it seriously, innit? Yeah, it was the first time that I'd, like... I was shook, innit? I can't lie, bro. They must (laughs) have taken me to some side room. And I had to show them, like... I came up with some elaborate story. I said, like, I'm on a sabbatical... um, I've got like X amount of funds and that. There, there was one question. She was like, I said to them, I had like 20, ba- 20 bags, and mm. which is 20,000 pounds. And I must say, she was like, all right, show me. And I was jittering because <laughs> we ended up only showing her nine. And she was like, where's the rest? I was like, oh, it's all, it's all in different places, isn't it? So <laughs> but the thing is, you know, unless they find like enough evidence, they can't say yeah. anything. We thank God, boy, because I'm here and wow. I'm back. 
Wow, that's insane. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. I know the states is a little bit like techie because like my fiance, she's got a green card, and she has to go back every year, at least once a year. But I think, I think she went back like maybe thirteen months after the last time, and they did a similar thing that they did to you. Were saying that why are you not coming? Why are you not staying in the country? Why do you keep on leaving? She had to make an excuse, you know. Obviously, I'm training to be a doctor, so that's why. Da, da, da. And they were like, "If you do this next time, we're gonna take it from you." So they're they're serious, like they don't crazy. They're annoying, but we're wow. here. We're here, man. Wow, that's mad. So you gave us a little bit of your insight, right? Like, so okay, so you're traveling to to get your visa. You're in Brussels now. You're gonna be going back to um, San Francisco tomorrow. Um, can you give us a bit of an insight into the day and life of Jermaine? Yeah, I mean, right now, so ground floor has been officially open where you can go mm-hmm. to it um, in mm-hmm. San Francisco for three weeks now. Um, mm-hmm. We've got around 95 members um, who, okay. you know, use the space for, you know, sort of wellness classes all the way through to just coming there and working all the way down mm-hmm. to like, people bringing friends and hosting like dinner parties. So I've okay. seen I've seen quite a lot in the past couple of weeks because I think, um, you know, for for us, Ground Floor is about like creating an extension of your home. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, COVID has been, been brutal to everyone um, mm-hmm. and everyone has seen the same four walls for a long time now. So yeah. I think what was super important for us is just to, yeah, bring people back together and bring good people yeah. back together. Um, yeah. But yeah, going back to what my day to day looks like, it's usually so it's sort of split out amongst the co-founders, mm-hmm. and I deal with everything to do with like member acquisition and retention to an extension. Um, so I'll get up in the morning. So I'll tell mm-hmm. you like a day two weeks ago, I'll get up at like half six. Oh wow! Morning, okay. I'll open yeah. the space up for mm-hmm. seven. I will then do hella operational checks to make sure the space is ready for members to come in because we're open mm-hmm. 7 to 11 at night okay. time, like pretty much seven days a week. Mm-hmm. During that time, I'll deal with ran- like random member requests and just try and make sure everyone's like having a decent time and there's a bit of a vibe. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are probably members or have been to WeWorks and it's pretty dead, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just yeah. about being very like, hospitable. Um so yeah. during the day, as I'm doing that, I'll then sort of organize doing like potential membership calls because you have to apply to become okay. a member of the ground floor. Yeah. So I do like, I've done probably around like generally like 450 calls over the past like three, four months with like people. Really? Just, wow. Um, because I think what's super important is that you mm. have a community of people who hold the same values of what you're trying to project as a club. Yeah, um, yeah. Otherwise, it becomes very wayward and offset very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think even in today's world where everyone talks about like web free or this and that, like no matter mm-hmm. what it is, like I think coming back to basics, it's like mm-hmm. people want to be able to connect on in like, real life. Yeah. You know, everyone talks yeah. about the metaverse and that, and I'm like, yeah, that's all great. And I think you know, down the line for sure, uh, and we're starting mm-hmm. to see a ramp up. But you know, we've been locked up for like x amount of years like i'm not yeah. trying to do digital no more no offense but that's me personally and that's yeah. what some of my members think so yeah. so yeah so you know i'll do that and then it'll get to like maybe around like four or five and then i'm mm-hmm. sort of like i wouldn't have any more phone calls with members i'm usually just trying to 
host and entertain members in the space. Okay. Um, you know, just trying to get people, like, connect people, I guess. Um, okay. Sort of facilitate, like, people who might need to know someone else or this yeah. person might like this person or something. Like, I think, you know, just helping build and foster relationships. Um, and then I'll go, I'll go home. Um, so I live by a park in SF, which is a beautiful okay. park. On a Vista Park, I will okay. take, a so, take a slow stroll as I like to walk mm. everywhere because SF is only seven by seven miles. So okay. super small. So how but big the, it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's tiny. Aye. Wow. Seven miles. Whew. Yeah, bro. So, Crazy. Like, however, the people in San Francisco, no offense, and if anyone's yeah. from San Francisco listening, <laughs> you guys are spoiled because seven by seven, you can walk that all the time. And people yeah. tell me from like 15 minutes is too long a walk. And I'm like, okay, well, each to their own. Each to their 15 own. 15 minutes bro. is a long walk. Yeah. Wow. Um, they ain't getting their activities points in a month then. Exactly. <laughs> They're missing that. But then in the evening, I try and do like less membership acquisition and more like data mm. and product stuff. Um, okay. It's like my actual responsibility, um, even though I think early stage founders, you wear all hats, so you mm-hmm. do every, every, everything. But yeah. is my actual core, what my background is, is a product and data guy. So okay. I work very closely with our CTO to just try and understand what needs to be built next. Um, sort of like any data things that my co-founder, Jamie, who's CEO, mm-hmm. might need for like fundraising or mm-hmm. trying to make projections on new locations and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. It's just really important to constantly understand, you know, the data and how people are using your space and stuff. So, so yeah, that's okay. it, really. Wow, that's a lot. That's a jam-packed day, and we're definitely gonna unpack, you know, some of that. N- not maybe even all of it, if we can, um, on this episode. I just wanted to kind of like just go back a bit in terms of, you know, talking about a bit about your origin. You know, where are your parents from? Nigeria, from Edo State. Yeah, definitely. Edo State, yeah, right. Have you been back? Yeah, of course. Recent. About three years ago. Yeah. Okay, yeah. three years ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I went back to Nigeria last year and oh, it was man. sick. But I hadn't been like before then, like for 17 years. So like I oh, missed a big chunk again. Yeah, so yeah, like it's it's okay. So so Nigeria, Edo State, yeah, right. That's sick. And were you born here or, or there? I was born no, I was born in London. Born in London, North you were born West in London. London. Okay, so you're born, born and raised in Northwest London. Wow. So, because I always trying to like figure out like where does an entrepreneur come from? Does it like either your parents are they are they into that? My, my Someone dad, in your family into it? Yeah. So my my dad my dad it's it's funny actually. I was talking to my mom about this, but really realistically, my mom's always like you know she's been about family, but always been about a career. My dad's always tried to help foster her career in like HR. Okay. She's like a HR okay. business partner for the home office. And okay. so my dad is always like sort of just held like good content jobs and stable mm-hmm. jobs um, as like operational mm-hmm. managers of uh, wholesalers. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But during his time, he's always been dipping in and out of like okay property management, having different like flats and stuff, as well as like he opened up a, rest- a Nigerian restaurant in Hornsey, back mm-hmm. in like seven years ago but mm-hmm. you know it sort of shut down um things weren't going great with that just restaurant and hospitality business in my opinion mm-hmm. is probably one of the most difficult profit winning businesses ever but mm-hmm. 
you know, I appreciate for everyone trying. So he's always done it and he's always been like to me that at the end of the day, like just if you've got a solid base, like, you know, do what you need to do, but as mm-hmm. ensuring you have that solid base. Um, mm-hmm. Like I was speaking to one of my close friends who you know, Demola, and we were mm-hmm. talking about like just yeah. the West African upbringing of children. Yeah. Like the fact mm-hmm. that me and my sisters were all forced to like do like arithmetic maths back in okay <laughs> we will get forced after school you know get wow. beats if you don't do it as well and if you get it wrong i was like I there's, certain things, laughing, there's certain things that obviously need to change with that however yeah. i think it was training to for us because at the end of the day we, mm. we all me and my sisters i would say you know we all have creative knacks but we all yeah. did like quite you know i guess sort of sciencey subjects mm-hmm. like my youngest sister is a great example yeah. my parents forced her to do her science degree um at nottingham mm-hmm. for which she ended up getting f- like majority of like first and then she's okay, now wow. an AR manager working with like j5 and stuff so wow. like i think there's like a you just need to trust the process like i think you know yeah parents are putting us through that training in like mm-hmm. ways that as a child you just don't understand mm-hmm. you're just not gonna understand yeah um, but yeah. yeah, that's where I think that's where that's where we sort of get it from, man. Wow, 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 that's crazy. You know what? Yeah, you said a lot because like I I fully agree with like the whole. I feel like if you got a grounded in one area, and actually talking about that, right? What do you study at uni for I the listeners? Law. I know what you studied. You did law, right? Okay, cool. <laughs> so 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 you did a, a subject that is quite. It's probably quite intensive up there with you know medicine accounting and all them kind of degrees is seen as like a very serious degree but you didn't you didn't decide to go down that path but i feel like the disciplines and the skills that you learned from doing that is probably helping you with other areas and i think this is a great thing sometimes like like you said you trusted the process and i think it'll be interesting i don't know what i'm going to be like with my kids honestly what do you think you're going to be like with your kids are you going to be strict and be like yeah you need to do like science maths Nah. No, or you gotta or practical. I think, I think look at the end of the day, I think and I said this to some one of my one of my exes actually, um, is the mm. fact that like I think our parents just lived a different life and you know, mm. they needed to do what they needed to do to put food on the table, right? Yeah. Um yeah. and so I like massively appreciate that. I think going forward though, like you know, we have the world is generally our oyster. Like I've just turned thirty mm-hmm. as of yesterday, right? And mm-hmm. I'm here in Brussels. Happy birthday! And I appreciate that, man. I'm here in Brussels and flying out to San Francisco. Something that mm-hmm. I would have never have dreamed of. I remember when I was yeah. at the University of Sussex and I was speaking to one guy and I was like, "I'm gonna be on hundred k by the age of 30. <laughs> Mate, like, don't get me wrong, I ain't making that. That's for sure. But yeah, where I am right now, like. I'm sure, like, so many people dream about being in Silicon Valley, for example. Like, mm-hmm. it's something that I did as well. Um, mm-hmm. And just to have that opportunity, I'm super grateful. And, like, yeah. just need to always, like, remember that, you know, there's other people who will never, ever get this chance. So, like, really yeah. try and get it. So. Yeah, yeah. 100, bro. You've, you've, you're in a situation where you've got freedom and you're doing exactly what you want to do do you know what i mean and actually talking about that because i'm gonna i'm gonna get into this so what was your actually your first job after uni what oh. was your first few jobs after oh. after your law degree after you so actually so after law degree i actually did a mm. master's in management at ucl 
Okay. Um, oh, yes, yes, yeah, 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 I remember, yeah, 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 yeah. So I did that because the whole premise was like, my parents wanted me to do law because they were like, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with history? Because you're going to become a historian. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, no, nah, not really, but <laughs> right, cool. I did it anyways. And then the whole idea for doing the master's in business was to get that business acumen. I think I was massively mm-hmm. lacking. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, having done that, like it definitely set me up well to get my first job, which is working at American Express in like okay. sort of marketing analytics. Um, okay. So I did that for two years. And that was, I think it was good to put me in in the fire in that sense mm-hmm. and understand what the real world is actually like, um, yeah. how to just be a bit more switched on because I would just always like blag my way around things. Usually, that's I feel like I'm mm-hmm. always rolling the dice in the right way. But mm-hmm. then I started to be like, oh, this is actually getting slightly boring um, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I'm not actually enjoying it. I enjoy the money. Yeah. Money was cool because I was young. I was living back at home as well with my parents, so mm-hmm. I wasn't paying yeah. anything. I was just earning. Um, yeah. But I was like, "Is this it? Is this actually it?" So, yeah. like two years into that, I started speaking with one of my friends who was currently traveling, um, called Connor. Mm-hmm. He never went to uni, but mm-hmm. he was. We were proper like thinking that we love football. We talk about football yeah. all the time. Why don't we just like try and create? Like, why don't we create something around that? Which led yeah. to us like coming up with this concept called fanfare which was like a live streaming app to debate about football back before you Mm -hmm. had like instagram live and periscope and all those things um and that was that was that was really interesting because we managed to like raise some Mm -hmm. money like how how i have honestly i can't raise money on that man yeah yeah a little a little 250 so okay thousand Yeah, two hundred fifty thousand, man. Um, really? Yeah. Wow! From one company as well. Like now, thinking about wow. it, I don't know. I don't know how they gave us that cash, boy. And uh, <laughs> looking back, I wish we just put yeah. it in property or something random like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but nah, they were yeah. So we so we raised that and we we did that mm. for a two two solid years. So mm-hmm. that was what I was doing full time. So as soon as we raised the mm-hmm. money, I was still at Amex. But then okay. sort of went to my parents to let them know that changing changing jobs, doing my mm. own thing. And they were like, mm, not sure about this, which is always yeah. the case. Everyone knows American Express, like big corporate companies, right? Your parents are like, mm-hmm. that's so stable. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. And I was like, like, just like, you know, I'm safe. I'm comfortable. Like, it's, yeah. it's good. So, so yeah, then quit Amex, did that for two years. And that was just... We were just very naive, is what I'm going to say, to be honest. Okay. Um, We were just, like, spending a lot of company money on things that didn't need to be spent on. Okay. I don't think we were really understanding the true grit of, you Mm -hmm. know, startup lifestyle in terms of just being smart with money, actually. Um, Now, going back to that, actually, I'm now thinking, what was my biggest financial mistake? I actually think Fanfare was probably my biggest financial mistake, actually. Okay. Okay. Wow. Because we burnt through a lot of money that two hundred mm. very very quickly. Um, That's crazy. How, how quickly? Because a lot of people think, "Wow, Jermaine, two hundred fifty k." A lot of people think two hundred fifty k is life changing, and it might be life changing for a lot of people. Yeah, but that- it's crazy because you've now got it, and you're now telling me, "Wow, we burnt through that quickly." It must have been, bro. It must have been 
have been a year we burnt food. Wow. Wow. To the point that we had to... Now, this is crazy. I've never really spoken too much on this as well. Mm. And my parents are listening, but they're going to be like, you're crazy. But we, <laughs> we, we like got to a point, it was like a year and a year, year and a few months where mm. we had no money. Like we had no money. Fanfare wasn't doing the numbers on the downloads for us when we released. Mm. We spent a lot of money on marketing. Didn't, didn't see mm. the returns. There was a lack mm. of tracking as well, um, which mm. as I say, goes back to that naivety of not really understanding what yeah. we're trying to get out as an outcome. And we were like, okay, we don't really want to go and work for someone because we, we both hated that prospect mm-hmm. from our past yeah. experience. Mm-hmm. So we were like, all right, we've got like, let's put our heads together. We got to switch up. We got to do something else. So yeah. what we realized is that, okay, we had like a good team around us who were good at like making, like quickly making apps for people, for clients. Um, yeah. Because we were, vet, like, luckily enough, one of my co-founders now, again, as we've linked up, called Trim, he's based in Kosovo. Um, and, okay. you know, we sort of developed a really good bond when he was initially working as a contractor, and then we brought him in ta- like in-house. And mm-hmm. we realized that the cost of living and stuff was so much cheaper out there, but you could pay people well, um, and they'd okay. be really reliable. Um, so if anyone out there is listening, Kosovo for software engineers and just the Eastern Bloc in general, really great okay. market, great market. Okay. Um, and we were like, all right, cool. Then we started hitting up, doing all sorts of trying to find clients from scanning mm-hmm. LinkedIn job posts to seeing who's mm-hmm. looking for an engineer to reaching out to that person being like, look, we can build whatever you need that engineer to build. Yeah. Really quick. But look, it, it, was actually it actually went pretty well to be honest. It went to the mm-hmm. fact that we ended up working with Chelsea Football Club, Coca Cola for the World Cup mm-hmm. twenty eighteen, um, Schweppes. Yeah. I got flew flo- I got flew out where I got flew out to wow. uh, Munich to go and work wow. on this initiative for, with Bayern Munich, um, wow. and like stuff like that, and like also another agency called Oliver a Creative Agency in London mm-hmm. to do work there, and like. All of that wouldn't have been mm-hmm. possible if we didn't dig deep and grind during those periods. Yeah. But one thing I realized is that agency life is not for me. Like pitching, chasing, yeah. like you're always chasing your tail in the agency world. And this is yeah. very common. Yeah. And for me personally, being a product, that's when I started to know I was a bit more of a product guy. I was like investing a lot of time speaking with my engineers day to day, making sure I understand mm-hmm. what we were actually creating for clients. And that was like, that's my passion. Not, not this pitching yeah. and chasing and, coming yeah. up with text and stuff i was like after so like after six months started looking for a job um okay to, like you know so that was by the age of like 20 25 um and i was also okay. living with like my partner like one of my other partners at that time and mm. she i got into a really quick rut of i guess you could call it like i don't want to say like depression but i was very okay. lost I was very lost for a good couple of like a good solid three to four months because I just mm-hmm. didn't want to work for someone, man. Like I had it, yeah, yeah. but my attitude probably just stank. I was like, mm-hmm. why am I going to do this? Like I've sort of like done this before. This seems boring. And I wanted mm-hmm. to try and do something a bit more creative. Um, so I actually yeah. looked into getting into uh, directing. So like TV directing for docu-series mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, I had a few contacts. Um through one of my partners, like my ex-partner, as a, one of my ex-partners, mm-hmm. right? as I said. And <laughs> she, she put me on to her uncle and like 
also through friends and stuff and like did i have books in like my hat in my old place at the moment where you can still see that like, i tried to really get on it but Mm-hmm. I I just couldn't. I, I just think like at the time I just wanted to do something a bit more creative, have a bit more freedom. Yeah. But then I found out it's also a big grind. Like you're literally running around as an assistant for someone, being a mini T boy, yeah. you know, mailroom guy. And I was like, yeah, nah, 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 nah. I've done too much to like literally start all over. So start from the bottom again, Matt. Yeah, exactly. So it led me to. Uh, Led me to a cool company at the time called Fat Llama. Um, mm-hmm. they're, a, they're a tech rental marketplace, which are still mm-hmm. going today. Um, widely used in like London um, and sort of like mm-hmm. metropolitan cities where you can rent like camera equipment. I'm sure like a lot of people know where it is. Okay. Um, and what led me to them was the fact that there is a accelerator program where mm-hmm. people who have ideas or startups go to and they get some investment for some like for like a pro in exchange for like being on this program where they get mentoring and yeah and some resources um and this program is called y combinator and they rarely invested in uk okay. companies because they're from silicon valley they invested yeah. in airbnb coinbase mm-hmm. reddit uh like the list goes the list goes on um uh, flexport mm-hmm. all of these like companies that are like like gargantuan right now mm-hmm. um and i was like rock there was like an operations like role, which I thought was like a data role. And I was like, mm-hmm. I could maybe work my way in as that, that, cause mm-hmm. I've got like data experience from American express yeah. and then try and transition into product, which is really what I wanted to do. So I went okay. there, got the, got the operations job. Um, and I remember like they gave me an offer real quick and I was like, right, this is quick. Mm-hmm. And then I checked the job description out, the contract. And it said like, oh yeah, you'll be doing shift work. And I was like, no, what? Like, what, thought, what do you mean? I thought I was an operations <laughs> manager. That's the, that was the actual role, operations manager. Then to see it says, oh yeah, you might have to do some weekends and do evening shifts. So I was like, mm, yeah, I ain't sure about this. So I had a back and forth with them, and like finally after like a week, managed to get out of doing weekends and shift work and just doing Monday to mm-hmm. Friday. And I was like, look, this is this is good enough for now. Um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to be in a company that I thought, I believe were going places. Um, mm-hmm. I did that. So I'm in there now for nearly, t- nearly a year and a, no, nearly two years. Um, mm-hmm. And during that time, I learned, I learned everything that I have taken to me today and, and where I am yeah. because of that job. Like there's no two ways about it. And I wow. say to everyone, if you really, if you really mm-hmm. want to learn how to, like, don't get me wrong. I might not succeed at the startup game. Like, that's mm-hmm. I'm very cool with that because I've learned so much anyway. Mm-hmm. If you really want to understand how it, the cogs really move, go into a yeah. company that has been invested in by quite prestigious investors and stuff because okay. you really start understanding, like, what it takes. Like, yeah. I'm telling to the point that, like, I had friends, like, I was on call pretty much like 24 seven for my role. Wow. I created a role for myself in the end. I would That's crazy. literally report directly into the COO and just be like, technically like a swap, a swap person for random projects um, that they needed. Um, and so that, that taught me a lot, man. That's really where my data skills just ramped up. Like I know SQL now, I know a bit of code mm-hmm. like Python and 
Peruvians like okay. tanks. That's it. Check out GitHub and that if anyone wants to. <laughs> <laughs> I might test you on that a little bit later. I need I need to do my <laughs> reading though because I haven't done like SQL in a while. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's mad. So why Combinator? Yeah, so you worked for them for a little nah, bit. So that is epic. Yeah, so Fat Llama were invested in Y Combinator. Okay, so I guess you got to interact with Y Combinator. Yeah, just like the yeah, mentors okay. would like, obviously yeah. like, whatever they were telling our co like our mm-hmm. C team at the time, co-founding team at the time, mm-hmm. would obviously filter back, right? So okay. there was a lot of just constant change and rigor to just everyday mm-hmm. life. Like, it, it was wow. tough, man. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It burnt me out. It burnt me out. And yeah. it burnt out really, like, I'm not going to like, you know, pretty much a lot of the company. Everybody. Uh, okay. Like, everyone wow. was tired, bro, at the end. Like, we even talk about it now. Like, even my, because that's where my co-founder at the moment, Jamie, that's where me and him met. Yeah. Ah, I see everything. Nothing is insignificant in life. Do you know what I mean? Your whole, your whole journey led you there, right? Yeah. Because if you didn't meet him there, and let's say you didn't even do it American Express or you didn't do anything else, you may never have gone down that path. This is, this is always what I say to people, like, you're, whatever you're doing, you always do it for a reason. Like, okay, so imagine you're just like, you know what, I'm not going to even do my nine to five. I'm just going to do a startup straight away. Yeah, you'll get your experience, but maybe you would have not, you're not doing what you're doing now exactly. kind of thing, you know, where you're kind of like heading to that success and you've now raised money again. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. So yeah, like it's, it's crazy. Like I feel like anything you've done in life will always lead you to, to where you are. So you, you so you did the stint at Fat Llama and you said that you were burnt out. And then did you, at that point, did you just, it was like, yeah, I'm just out, out of it. Nope. They, uh, they cut, they sacked us. Oh, really? They, so these are the things people don't recognize is that mm-hmm. when a startup starts running out of funds, everyone's on the chopping line. Okay. It's not a case of like, you can do great work. Like I save the company generally, like it's something mm-hmm. that, you know, I think you can find in my CV and LinkedIn and stuff. Like nearly a million dollars annually mm-hmm. through creating a fraud algorithm um, with a close friend of mine um, because I did a lot of like fraud and algorithm type uh, stuff at the company there, like data. Mm-hmm. And, you know, irrelevant of all of that, like, you know, you're pretty, you can't, like, I'm not, no one's indispensable in it, especially when yeah. you've got investors up against you and it's time to grow or raise that next round or, you know, stream operations to become more profitable. So they pretty much axed off, like, I don't even know if I can say this, but anyways, like, probably around, like, 65 or 70%. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Start of life, innit? <laughs> it is. And I learned Start from that. Start of life. After yeah. that, I learned, you know, at the end of the day, people got to do what they got to do, even though you might mm-hmm. not agree with it. But mm-hmm. this is, this is like, it's business. But however, yeah. in terms of how me, Jamie and Trim operate ground floor, like, it's mm-hmm. people first, man. Like, no matter what. Yeah. That's just what I believe in. And, Mm-hmm. I want to always want to stay true to that because, you know, yeah. I feel like you only have one life to live, and relationships are a beautiful yeah. thing, man. So don't try and yeah. burn it, man. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think if it's between cutting somebody or maybe you as a CEO, I always thought this. Like, 
They're CEO of companies, massive companies. They're getting crazy bonuses. They're getting these crazy salaries. And it's come to a decision to, like, you know, you know, make people redundant. Cut your bonus, your salary a bit. You're still going to be living good or cut them. And they always cut them. I'm like, rah, like, if you cut your salary for a year or two years, yeah, okay, yeah, your standard of living is going to drop. It's not going to drop that bad compared to the person that you just, like, now they're gone or if you cut your bonus your your half a mil bonus or whatever you get like it's honestly it's, it's crazy so i'm glad to hear that you're uh, people first and actually this is a nice segue into ground floor because i want to understand how did you so you said you met your co-founder at fat llama did you start ground floor straight away or was there something in between okay no there was something in between um i did uh was it a two-year stint I think like nearly, oh, sorry about that noise. I think I did like a two year stint at a company mm-hmm. called Color, who are, yeah. uh, you know, a sort of insure tech platform. Mm-hmm. Um, they try and provide short term insurance and long term insurance in a more flexible manner um, from yeah. paying for an hour all the way to month to month. Um, because I think what COVID has taught us is people can lose jobs or be in financial yeah. struggles. Um, so people need like more flexible financial products for that matter. Mm-hmm. So, I got my official first senior product manager job at Cover, wow. which was a blessing because I I learned I learned a lot about really working directly with like engi- like real good engineers, um, yeah, like and who had different like abilities um, and just different personalities. You know, mm-hmm. we were we were like when I I think when I left when I started there was only sixty six of us when I left. It was around 160. Um, okay. So wow. we'd grown. Like, we generally had grown like, significantly. And during my time there, I, I did a lot of, I guess, a lot of soul searching because I, I just landed that job two months before COVID struck, before the first lockdown. Okay, wow. So I was lucky enough to experience, like, my co-workers in the office and get to know people on, like, mm-hmm. a personal level. But other than that, you know, new bodies, new bodies came in, and it was very difficult to know who's who, right? As the company grows mm-hmm. that big. But one thing I, I do say is that I understand the importance of. I think that's really where I understood the importance of like how to treat another person, irrelevant of mm-hmm. title or seniority and stuff like that, because cover generally is a people first place, and I must say it's got yeah. the best work culture. I've ever experienced okay. it. Wow. Like, I had a lot of great times at Fat Llama because we were all young. Mm-hmm. We were literally, average age was 25 at Fat Llama wow. at that time. And we would go on trips and retreat. It was it was good. And we'd go out and mm-hmm. I created like a bunch of lifelong friends. But yeah. at Cover, um, the CEO, Freddie, um, and other um, sort of senior leading people like Andy Tomlinson, like they really understood how to like, make people want to work for you, but also have that level of respect that, you know, you're also a person, human, yeah. and, you know, we should also act like how we want to be treated. Um, yeah. So I think cover was, cover was a great, cover was fun, man. Um, I wish we could have been in the office a lot more, but yeah. it was the perfect, it gave me that, 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 I guess that perfect balance of like the data aspect as well as like the product aspect um, mm-hmm. in terms of, I think my skill, you know, if you ask anyone, even my friends, I think 
my biggest skill set generally like even being like humble and stuff is I like my friends call me as a joke like Dr. Leverage but I understand how to okay. <laughs> build relationships with people in order to get the best out of them, out of them. like I've always seen myself as like yeah. a there's a program called Ray Donovan and he's a fixer um mm. And like, okay. like you're, you're a facilitator of people and mm-hmm. in different situations. And that's what I see my strength as being. Like, I know how to relate to like a lot of different people just because from mm-hmm. growing up, from moving out of leaving London at a really young age to moving to a predominantly white area, such as Hertfordshire, mm-hmm. um, to knowing people from all different classes. Like, yeah. it really allowed me to just listen a lot more i think listening mm-hmm. is so like sort of like over misunderstood nowadays and like if you just open your ear and generally give someone an ear like listen like mm-hmm. it, it just mean it just does so much for someone makes someone yeah. feel comfortable so i think like that combination that there like cover really like really helped excel that for me okay wow 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 you said a lot like i was just thinking because it was interesting because even before like you got to cover you were saying that you're doing a bit of soul searching but even though you were in that you were still kind of moving towards this okay i want to be a product manager and you got the chance to to experience that and then you also took some of what you're doing you know at ground floor in terms of the values values you 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 took some of that from cover because you saw how they treated you know people first which i think actually is the modern way to do it. And I feel like a lot of companies in the next five, 10 years, if they don't move that way, some of these big corporation companies, they're going to be gone. They think it's funny. They're going to be gone. Nobody's going to want to work for them. People are going to be, I don't want to work here. You, you, when I tell you, I want to have leave, you're telling me, no, I can't work this. When I tell you like, you know, I'm sick or I'm doing this, you you don't give, you don't give a crap basically about it. People are just going to just be like, you know, and I feel like we're, you know, even as, even I know you're not, no longer like an employee, I feel like as employees, employees are empowered nowadays to, to feel like, you know what, I get to choose where I, I want to go. Does the, does this company have a good culture? Do they have good perks? You know, things like that are really important. Even for me, like when I moved, I, I was like, wow, like if I'm coming here, like it needs to fit what I want. If it's yeah. not going to fit, I'm not coming. I don't care how much you pay me. I'm, I'm not going to like come there so yeah it's very very interesting that that you've applied what you've learned to um what was this in business and then okay so so covid happened and i know covid was an interesting year it's probably it was a bit techy to like you know leave a job and do a startup during covid that's probably not the wisest when people are losing their jobs it's like yeah that would have taken a lot of balls but at what point did you decide okay cool actually first when did when when did the idea come up how did the idea come up for ground floor? All right, so <laughs> so Jamie, my co-founder, he mm-hmm. he called me back. So where are we now? We're in March, March twenty twenty, right? So Jamie mm-hmm. called me back in Jack like January twenty twenty one, and okay. out of the blue, like we were just obviously like hadn't seen each other for a while, anyways. Mm-hmm. We we're like, yeah, let's meet. I think we saw each other a few months back. He was like, mm-hmm. called me up. Was like, ah, oh, I've got this idea. I want to create like the next generation of hotels and that was like okay next generation hotels i was like he was like no 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 like i'm really sold i remember it vividly i was on a walk Mm -hmm. and i was like what are you talking about like 
I swear you've got a good paying job. Like, relax. He was like, no, no, no. This is what I want to do. I want to go into the real world because he was an ops director at Alarma and stuff and at his last start before ground floor. And he was living a good life, to be honest. And But he he's always, he's an architect by training. Um, and there's always okay. worked in like a bit of like hospitality operations as well after that. Yeah. So he's always been like interested in like architecture, buildings, hotel, hospitality. And so mm-hmm. initially I was like, yo, I don't know how serious you are, but you know, send me the, send me the stuff. He was like, no, no, no. I've taken myself away. Like he t- his like wife booked him like a weekend, an Airbnb in some random place in the UK to just go on his own to like, Mm-hmm. right map out all of this all, all what wow. it was in his head and so he showed me a picture actually of that and i was like mm, maybe he's serious but it's like everyone <laughs> like not gonna lie a lot of people tell me they've got good ideas or they want to do this and that's just the truth yeah um yeah. and i'm always i'm always like it's all great having an idea but it's all about mm-hmm. execution and if you don't even yeah. like do what dip your toe in properly then personally like unfortunately i've seen a lot and i'm just a bit like i don't really want to hear it i don't really buy it mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so he's dropped now after that call and i'm like oh okay great then he's called me back like on the weekend again about it being like oh i'm gonna apply for y company <laughs> i'm gonna put you as my co-founder do you mind wow. i was like i was like what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> one i didn't give you permission to like why are you what so you're just calling me to make you your co-founder two I still don't even believe what you're saying. I appreciate the documentation you sent me, but I know nothing about hotels. So I don't yeah. get... And then after, after like, you know, he, I went to his house. We sat down the week after, mm-hmm. spoke a bit more. I said to him, all right, I understand. Like, you know, the whole premise was like, oh, okay, we're moving to remote work, right? We're bored of our four walls. Mm-hmm. Travel's going to open up mm-hmm. again. People are going to be remote or hybrid, so they're going to be able to travel more. Mm-hmm. Um, so people yeah. are technically going to be borderless, and they're going to want to experience more because COVID made us yeah. reevaluate life when you're at home. Because yeah. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people were placing a lot of emphasis on like the office being the social mm-hmm. node of your lifestyle. You'll go to the gym near work. Mm-hmm. You might meet up with friends after work. You might go for lunch with colleagues around work. So. Your geolocation and social life were heavily connected with the office. Whereas now, yeah. you were back home. So you were now prioritizing errands and thing, life admin that you couldn't do before because you could wake up at 5 to 9 for a 9 a.m. meeting. So yeah. we were like, all right, cool. So he was like, you know, people are going to want to travel and experience the world more naturally because mm-hmm. you haven't been able to travel. And now you're in yeah. this new way of work. You can travel. So I was like, all right. This sounds, I was like, this sounds great, but fundamentally, we don't know how to, we really don't know how to build a hotel. So I said to him, mm-hmm. like, I, I've always been, a, so I was a member of Soho House, and yeah. I would go and work from there quite a lot. And we were like, oh, yeah. he, and he'd been there as well. And we were like, oh, they've done like really, they've created this unreal brand that people just yeah. love, and there's this sense of FOMO and exclusivity. Yeah. And so we were like, look, why don't we try and create something that was like in the middle that wasn't a yeah. WeWork necessarily because that's very mm-hmm. stiff, very cookie cutter glass window. <laughs> but Soho House is very extreme social. Um, mm-hmm. Why don't we try mm-hmm. and create something that feels super comfortable and inviting that feels like your home, mm-hmm. but a bit of an escape. 
Um, because I think, yeah. you know, not many people have a lot of space anyways, naturally. So mm-hmm. why don't we try and, you know, build upon that? And that's what led us to, like, that's what led us to Ground Floor, to be honest, which was tri- wow. which previously was called Commons anyways. Um, but Commons. we went through some, okay. legal, Commons are some legalities that we, okay. you know, do. But we changed to Ground Floor. But that's technically how Ground Floor came about. And we were like, I think we started to notice really, like, very much midway that what people generally just wanted was to meet mm-hmm. new people. It's that simple. Yeah. Like, I think okay. people have great work from home setups or they still mm-hmm. have access to the office or, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, just those two things. Um, but the main mm-hmm. thing was that that social culture that surrounded your life, not the office culture, because the office culture was dead at most companies anyways, <laughs> but the actual social culture that you had around that yeah. location, as I said, that, that radius mm-hmm. from your office had mm-hmm. decimated. It was gone. Like, it was on a decline. Yeah. So, People just wow. wanted to connect and meet new people, like establish new friends and just try new things out. Um, and people mm-hmm. were becoming a lot more experiential. Everyone was doing Zoom quizzes. People started doing mm-hmm. sewing, like arts, like all sorts of stuff. Like people were just learning mm-hmm. a lot more about themselves, but were also open to finding out a lot more about themselves too. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I was just tr- wondering, at what point were you convinced? Because it sounded like initially you wasn't convinced... By this, by your friend, and it, it sounded like you didn't think he would be serious. And you know what? You, it's funny because when you say that, because you you're in the start world, so you definitely heard like a lot more ideas. But I've also had some people as well say, "Yeah, I have this idea," and they never realize it. A lot of people have ideas, but they never like realize it. But for you, at what point was it like, okay, yeah, I actually believe in this vision. I actually want to do this. I want to take the leap. I'm gonna leave, you know, my my job, and and do it. Fine. So I, I guess it works in two steps, right? So initially, mm-hmm. like, I think, you know, ideas, ideas start from just like an initial concept, right? So it's very fluffy anyways, to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. There's no, there's no real substance. You have to do the digging to really unearth mm-hmm. that. And then I think once I added, once you add another head to the equation, such as like the person who initially had the idea, like mm-hmm. you start bouncing back and forth and it starts mm-hmm. to develop naturally and change, mm-hmm. right? Like, as I yeah. said, the initial concept was, like, to have, like, the next generation of, like, Hilton hotels yeah. for young people. <laughs> now we're at trying to create social clubs and private clubhouses yeah. in multiple neighbours, right? So yeah. I think, you know, initially, like, I enjoy, I enjoy like, brainstorming with people anyways. Okay. And I'm super, and one thing I must say is that I super am invested in, like, friendships and relationships, even, like, outside of work and yeah. stuff, like, you know what I'm like, anyways. Mm-hmm. Like, I was I was doing promoting yeah, back yeah, in the day. Yeah. You like, I just wanted to be yeah, that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's not even that. <laughs> I want to be like, but it's just nice knowing different circles of people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think for me, I was like, all right, this idea leverages a lot of that. So, mm-hmm. I want to start. Mm-hmm. I want to start working with you on it a lot more. So, yeah. we applied for Y Combinator, but the idea wasn't fleshed out enough when we did. Um, which okay. was initially like two months after the initial uh, call up from him to me, um, and then we mm-hmm. were like, I was like, we were like, because I think that really acts as like a kick in the teeth, because you're like, ah, oh, didn't get yeah. that, so what now? We're mm-hmm. still in our jobs and we're spending a lot more time. Mm-hmm. So what Y Combinator mm-hmm. always says is like, apply again in like three months time. Yeah. So we've gone, we started to get more at it, more at it, more at it, um, okay. to the point where we're like, okay, 
we really want to see if there's interest and demand for this. So mm-hmm. we did a lot of like online experiments um, with people, yeah. um, smoke screens test, tests to really try and understand if there was any demand. And we started to pick mm-hmm. up a bit of traction. A um, couple like hundred people were signing up like every week and stuff. So it was, it was rolling. Um, as at the same time, we were still like trying to understand really what this is. And I think yeah. from that point, like, and just when we created the brand of commons and stuff like seeing people like reach out on a premise that you have in your head that technically isn't built but they think it's mm-hmm. gonna be built already because you, yeah as you know when you're trying to test the market you're not saying to them mm-hmm. oh this isn't built you're trying to act as if oh yeah it's here tomorrow so like mm-hmm. are you interested and like yeah. then I, we had we got like loads of dms and personal messages we even put it in our deck of people being wow. like oh, this brand is so cool. Like the aesthetics, mm-hmm. like everything like talks, like lo- generally loads of it. And once that started happening, I was like, nah, there's something to this. I was like, this yeah, is, this there's is something this there. Different. Yeah. It just felt a lot different. So, so yeah, so that kept on going. That was like in May of mm-hmm. last year. And then got to like, so we've gone to Y Combinator now and we've actually managed to get a final stage interview. So we're mm-hmm. like, we were doing hella prep. Because, like, wow. I guess it's quite a big thing, isn't it, um, to an extent. Um, and we got there. We w- sort of did our interview. We're, like, pretty mm-hmm. chuffed with it. thought it went, like, decently well. Um, but, unfortunately, we didn't get it. Um, they didn't okay. believe in wow. enough. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, that second time we were like, all right, well, we do. We were just like, we do. So mm-hmm. we're going to just rate, try and raise some money externally. Yeah. Um, and that's when fundraising really kicked off, like, back in okay. June. Okay, so so how did you? The Y Combinator thing is interesting. Like, like so you so you talked about a concept. You were you were sort of doing like a bit of market research, and how how did you do the market research? Was it because obviously you didn't have like anything physically built up? So was it that you were you were getting them to view like what it would look like? Yeah. If you okay. And then, like, the brand and how would it be, like, in this space and stuff. like. Okay, that wow, that's great. That's great. Because a lot of people, they feel like they have to have something built to do market research. And it's like, that's creative. Actually, you know what? We're just going to show you a picture of actually what it could look like. How would you feel? Can you imagine? We've all got imagination at the end of the day, right? We can imagine ourselves on a beach. We can imagine ourselves on, like, having this fancy car, bag, watch. So doesn't take much to imagine okay and then you then use that for Y Combinator and then you decided to to look elsewhere yeah. what was that process like and how did you actually because like if if you were to ask me Atto how do you like find funding I would be like I don't know so how did you know like how to look and where to look I think um like you know I get I even get this asked I someone actually messaged me today I get asked this all the time now and I think anyone listening, like, generally, like, generally, what we did was we got an Excel sheet. We looked at mm-hmm. all the other companies who we thought were somewhat similar or in the same mm-hmm. space. We went mm-hmm. to a site called Crunchbase.com or mm-hmm. the UK. We typed mm-hmm. in that company. Went to the, there's they always some of them show their investors publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, they might be an angel. They might be like a venture capitalist mm-hmm. firm or whatever, mm-hmm. and you try and find what we try to do is find people who could make the decision, not an associate because yeah. associates can't yeah. 
VC associates can't make decisions, no matter what anyone says. Mm-hmm. You're wasting your time. And the whole mm-hmm. game of a VC is to have as many conversations as possible, even if they're not going to invest, yeah. just so that they understand mm-hmm. what else is going on out there, right? So mm-hmm. we started to learn that real quick because a lot of people were messing with us, man. Like, a lot of yeah. people. Wow. And I'm so thankful to Jamie because he really mm-hmm. led on it. Um, mm-hmm. I only picked a few times because... Jay, mm-hmm. like Jamie became a pro. He must have spoken yeah. with. I so the way that we would do it mm-hmm. is the punch based thing, and then we'd get Rocket Reach, and then put mm-hmm. their LinkedIn into Rocket Reach, which then gives you their email address, and then wow. you shoot them a cold email, and that cold wow. email needs to be hella. So this is one way, anyway. Then I'll tell you the other way, but that cold email mm-hmm. just needs to grab their attention. Like mm-hmm. it needs to be straight to the point because you got to think. There's so many other people who are doing stuff, who are doing emailing these guys, or who might even have warm intros already. We were going mm-hmm. in cold a lot of the time. Major- I think like wow. 95% of the time. So Jamie's really good at writing. So he managed to write something quite like propelling. And I would be the one who organizes the automation of getting these cold emails blasted out, man. So <laughs> he would do the pitching. I'm doing the sourcing in that sense. Okay. Um, and... That was one way, and that way works really well. Um, I must have sent out over a thousand, over a thousand emails, easily. Wow! You got you can look in my emails actually, in my inbox, and you just see the same header. <laughs> wow! So we definitely so that was one way, and then the mm-hmm. second way, which people don't believe me, but I think this is the best way, and it's the most random, mm-hmm. is to instead of looking for their email on Rocket Reach and stuff like that, mm-hmm. is to find them on Twitter. Tech mm-hmm. investors live on Twitter. Anyone who thinks okay. otherwise is deluded. That is yeah. where they all are because it's a clout game. They're like yeah. trying to talk up a big game, trying to mm-hmm. have banter, banter, let alone they know they're stiff. But, you know, there's a tech... <laughs> they know they're stiff. There's a tech Twitter, man. Like, it just is what it is. Yeah. And yeah. I learned very quickly that a lot of these people were like trying to see what's out there and see if mm-hmm. any founders are going to bite. So a lot of the time I would see if someone's talking about something or we found that this person has invested in the space, just a straight DM be like, yo, heard you're interested in X. I'm doing this. I'm raising this. And the opportunity is this. That was it. Literally. I can even copy and paste it for anyone who's interested. I can paste you DM. That's super. It's literally like six lines. That was it. And we got many back, bro. One of our, I think one of our biggest investor contributions, like angel investor mm. contributions, came from a great guy called Masab, who's based in Riyadh, and mm-hmm. he helped pull together around four hundred k for us. Wow! And I met wow. him via Twitter through someone else. Wow. Not even I didn't even wow. meet him directly. So I met wow. a woman who worked in for a London company called Hopin. Mm-hmm. And she does a few angel investments. She didn't even invest in us, but she also s- spoke with other investors and she was like, oh, I've got a group together. Let's chat. So she's never even met some of these guys that she's chatting. So just literally. Wow. And they have, they, I was pitching, literally, like that. I was pitching, bro. Wow. And it was just me. That was actually my, so you asked Jamie, but that was actually my, my I own that whole thing because I was the one on Twitter. Wow. Time. So I was the one who was, took that meeting. And mm-hmm. the guy was like, at the end of it, he was like, he asked some difficult questions. He was like, you guys probably don't know how you're going to make money. But he was mm-hmm. like, and I was like, oh, then it got to the end. He was like, 
I'm in for 50k. And I was like, what? Wow. Yeah. And he goes like, if you need more, I can double that. And then I've got some people. Let me know, but I'm not going to push you guys. And then from wow. there, it skyrocketed. Like, things just started changing. That was in July. Things just started changing. The ball started wow. rolling. Because once one investor's wow. on board, everyone's like, all right, I want to hear now. It's like, everyone's scared to make the leading mm-hmm. the leading investment. Um, that's why you have, like, lead investors is what they class them as. Um, yeah. Because they're the ones who, like, make that initial commitment because, you know, they, mm-hmm. they believe in it. And a lot of people buy in on that. And so you use it as, yeah. like, a bit of a bargaining chip to be like, these guys are in. Like, you're not in, but that's cool. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, sometimes some are like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're in now, we're in now. But wow. we did that, bro, for a solid... So we, we started fundraising, as I said, in mid-June. Got no bites till okay. late July, and then clo- well, that's not bad though. Yeah, yeah. Officially closed in, uh, closed that round. Well, as they say in the startup world, you should always be raising money, boy. So we never officially closed it, but we did in the end in September, and it was in August, first mm-hmm. of August, when I was like, okay, we've got. I said to Jamie, if we get 180k, I'll quit my job. We got 180k mm-hmm. first week of August. I quit my job. Wow. 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 Yeah. Wow. How much did you, did you raise in total in the end? We, we raised for, I th- literally, you... I think $950,000. Wow. I th- no, I think a wow. mil actually. I'm pretty sure it's a mil. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. So obviously your startup is, is worth that mil even before you've built anything. That's what the, that's what the concept's worth, right? Yeah, I get it. Yeah, well, more than that, more than that, because you guys have got equity and yeah, yeah. Like essentially, like wow. essentially, it's like I think essentially it's like ten mil. But, you know, yeah, it's all wow. It's all in the end, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Until like yeah, you know, until it's all you made the money back. So. Okay, wow, that's crazy. Okay, so you raised that, and that's that's a crazy. That's a great story because I was just always wondering, like, how do you find investors? Is it them coming to you? Do you go through like? all these different types of accelerators, but you guys went through the cold calling way. You did it for a month and a half, which is, you know, which is interesting because I think a lot of people would have given up probably after the first week, I think, um, when it when it comes to, to, to raising money. Um, so it's crazy that you guys kept on doing it for like a month and a half. And ah, that's, yeah, like, yeah, that kind of, that kind of, that kind of inspire. that's, that's like one of those kind of stories that I feel like it inspires people because a lot of people, like I said, they quit, but you guys kept on doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it. And now look where you are. You've now, you're in realizing your idea. So, okay. So after you raise the money, I want this cause you, cause you're based in San Francisco. Why San Fran and not London or anywhere else in the world? Well, there's two two main reasons. Firstly, okay. is my co-founder's wife got, was relocated via work, so okay. he was always planning to move to the states, anyways. Um, okay, been a lifelong dream of his. And then mm-hmm. the second thing is that we we had just tested we we actually tested the American markets quite heavily, um, mm-hmm. and we saw a lot more interest over there because. Okay. At the end of the day, like membership clubs are quite a common concept in the UK. I think they're actually British. Yeah. Whereas yeah. in the States, other than like New York and like maybe LA to an extent, they're quite mm-hmm. foreign. 
they have like country clubs. Yeah. Um, like their closest comparison, but everyone knows that's very like elitist and very like white mm-hmm. and old. Mm-hmm. So exactly, we were like, exactly. you know, SF could be cool because there's a lot of tech. There's a lot of people who are involved in tech. I've heard it can be quite di- diverse, like the Bay Area in general. You just have mm-hmm. to seek them out. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, yeah, if you can do it here. It will be pretty cool um, because you know we're in we're in SF, and I think mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of. Uh, technical talent there as well uh which we might need at one point so it will just help lay a good set of foundations i thought Um, okay so that was the yeah that was the main reason to be honest but like look it was a finger in the air type situation no matter what okay but it's paying off it's paying off and i'm hoping it pays off for the long term man to be honest wow wow and you know what sometimes you just got to take the leap okay so you, you chose san france san, san francisco you moved there when when do you move there again last year yeah so october october okay last year october so so you and your co-founder flew over there and then started building the clubs is that what happened after yeah so we pretty much okay. well we had to find we had to find like lo- we saw like a lot of locations mm-hmm. um in sf and then we sort of like like found one that we were like dead set on and we were trying to really mm-hmm. get it done and we finally signed like we signed for it on the 1st of December okay um, wow and then in SF one thing that mm-hmm. is very common and known is that it's so difficult to get the official permits from like the, from the uh, city council they're very mm-hmm. tight with what is getting built they need to know everything yeah. Um, wow. And it's actually called like one of the, like a lot of people say like of all places like never ever start there because you're not going to get anything open. Um, that's just the genuine truth. So mm-hmm. I think for us like you know we were already in the process. We we're like this is what it is. We need to make it work. And it made us. It, it really pushed us into understanding how to navigate those treacherous waters yeah. of just the city and regulations mm-hmm. and laws. Um, mm-hmm. but we were fortunate yeah. enough that like, we had our permits granted on December the 17th I remember just before Christmas came wow. in and we started work demoli- some demolition work and construction work on the 3rd of January this year mm-hmm. cool and the designs of the club was it based on your both your visions of how it would look what's in there because I haven't seen it What like what's, what's inside What's inside yeah. ground floor? Um, so, yeah, yeah. so it was based off of, yeah, just our vision, like sort of like a lot of mood boards mm-hmm. and things we felt mm-hmm. like we wanted to create. But what's inside, mm-hmm. so the way it's split up into three, so mm-hmm. three sectors, I guess. It's one, there's a focus mm-hmm. on like productivity, focus on like mm-hmm. wellness, and then a focus on yeah. like connectivity. So when okay. you actually walk in there, the first thing you, the first section that you enter is like around connectivity. So this is a large okay like open plan kitchen and lounge area um, which mm-hmm. we call like the living room and okay. the whole concept is like all the furnitures are like deep sofas like high wow. dining tables and it's meant to feel like inviting and warm like mm-hmm. your home like you have people in the daytime just putting their feet on the tables and stuff like that it's just or lying <laughs> on the sofas and stuff it's mad nice. chill like taking walking around without shoes and stuff like mm-hmm. people generally are finding it like their home so we have that and then we've got our second section which is dedicated around like productivity and that's a library 
um, it's very small um, and it's a lot of dark lighting um, to sort of like really replicate how a library setting is um, and it's all yeah. about focus and zoning in um, and then we have that wellness so we've got like an outdoor gym um, which couldn't be a possibility in London but you know a small outdoor gym where the sun's always shining in SF anyways even though it might not be mm-hmm. too warm you can always work out outside so got some equipment and then we have like a small mm-hmm. yoga studio which we get wellness instructors to come in and give like meditation and yoga classes and stuff so that's really like the visual landscape wow that sounds sick you know what i was thinking because you know like ikea right i think why ikea does so well is because of what you just said it's so inviting so i was thinking right actually when i think about it there is nowhere like like an ikea type thing but it's actually there for you to just chill and sit and do work and talk to other people and have that wow that's a that's a very interesting concept wow that that sounds amazing okay so then okay so you did that and then how did you like start getting your first members what was like what was that process of you know getting people to 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 start like looking at you guys yeah that that i mean that stuff like obviously i still try and wrap my head around it today because i'm still doing that stuff literally yeah as soon as i land in sf i'm back on it but initially like it was just a case of trying to did a lot of like paid advertising via instagram Mm -hmm. i think like a lot of people between the ages of like i would say like 25 and 40 are on instagram um Mm -hmm. and you can sort of i guess it's what what we realize is a lot easier when we're also in that bracket and i would Mm -hmm. call myself and jamie that very and trim like we're very like middle of the road guys so i feel like Mm -hmm. we're a good average of like what the consensus is of what people are doing and Mm -hmm. ground floor is meant to be built for the everyday person it's meant to be like mm-hmm. a destination for every day yeah um and so a lot of that like understanding like what people segments people were interested in and trying to you know shoot highly spotlight um our ads in their faces like sort of worked um as well as just like sort of speaking to people getting it out through like word of mouth um and also just like reaching out to people on you know things such as like LinkedIn, which I think is great Mm -hmm. to understand who is working remote. Like you can sort of tell Mm -hmm. through like, uh, just different things now, like websites of like companies saying we're fully remote or whatever. Mm -hmm. And just reaching out and being like, Hey, you might be interested. So it's a lot of scrappy work. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, as I said, like from Instagram DMS to all sorts, but like, I think especially like one thing as a product, person that i learned and mm-hmm. that, like product leaders and mentors of mine and friends have said it's like your first hundred customers are like everything especially in the yeah. early stage um so you know the people that we've managed to onboard are like super important to us because i think yeah. they're gonna really guide the direction of the business um yeah. because you know they're gonna be our advocates when we're at i don't know like ten thousand ground floors or whatever yeah. because you know they're going to be able to be honest with us because they've been through the journey when it was just like an MVP to mm-hmm. where it might be in a couple of years. Um, and it allows us, and um, you know, for us, we're really trying to learn and iterate as quick as possible. Like, don't forget, mm-hmm. we're working in the real world, and it? it's not like software where you yeah. can do something tomorrow or in the next hour. Like, yeah. we're talking about real estate and construction. Um, yeah. So trying to merge, like, te- technology and design with, like, real estate is... It's, things are a bit slower let's say that mm-hmm. but 
you know, I think therefore you have to be a lot more calculated with those moves because they can yeah. they can really bite you, <laughs> and you can't yeah, reverse yeah. it. It's not like you know <laughs> reversing a GitHub pull or PR. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's not the same, bro. <laughs> uh, once you once you once it's out there, it's out there. So yeah, yeah uh, make sure. Wow, sounds like interesting, interesting work, and I agree with you. And I feel like you know the way you said that you your culture with like you know the people that you people first. I feel like you're not going to have any problems treating your customers like that. You're not just seeing them as a check. You actually want to meet them. You want to get to know them and stuff like that. And like you said, that's like part of what you do. I wanted to go back to something you said earlier in terms of criteria, because you said that you speak to people on the phone. So is it like anybody can get into it or is it certain people? Is anyone, it... So what? I'll give you the phone pitch. So anyone yeah. can apply, but yeah. the whole pre- like, as I've always said, like the whole premise and the reason why we're going to be spoken about in, you know, the next five and 10 years is for those people who generally need it. Like, yeah, let's not lie. Right. Like I think membership clubs, country clubs, private clubs, whatever it is, you know, they're expensive. They're not cheap. Um, mm-hmm. And that naturally already excludes people. Um, mm-hmm. and we've tried to really be strategic with one pricing um, to try and really make it accessible for what San Francisco mm-hmm. is anyways. Um, because I think this shouldn't just be limited to people who have come from money or yeah. have fallen with money in their lap. Because I actually don't think they need this type of space because they probably got enough money mm-hmm. or have a big house or something like yeah. that. And so there's people who generally need it. And I think that I'm trying to understand one thing I always say to people is like, as soon as you enter the ground floor, like the doors of ground floor, all titles and seniority, all of that stuff's dropped. The first question should be, what do you do for work? We're not interested okay. in that. We're really trying to create, re- reinvent what it means to be part of a community. Like feel mm-hmm. confident and comfortable enough to reach out to someone yeah. who might be sitting across from you and to have yeah. like a conversation, not, not just about work, but yeah. about like what you're, what you're, what you're, what you're interested in. Like, what do you do on, mm-hmm. what did you do last weekend? Like, Oh yeah, I'm into that. Um, like, you know, where do you, like stuff like that, like personal, yeah. like conversations, not like, Oh Yeah. I'm, I'm earning this so I'm trying to get a promotion like, that should be the last thing do you get what mm-hmm. I'm saying like once you've established that core relationship but yeah. you know I think people just want to come together and be around good people and that's what I'm mm-hmm. saying and so if you have if you equally align with that then mate come and join the club it's that simple wow this is a, such an interesting concept and I can't wait to see how it grows I'm like really intrigued to see how it's going to grow and hopefully seeing a club in, in London as well that I can join and be part of because I feel like for like a lot of entrepreneurs as well I can it can feel lonely sometimes you know like when you're just you know on your own and I feel like a space like that is going to be like a a good place to connect with other people you know it's almost like you you are starting your own companies doing your own companies but you're like colleagues as well like talking about like other stuff and getting to know each other like yeah it's a really it's a really cool concept and I, I really really um like it what's the what's the goals I don't know if you if you both if you three have thought about five years, ten year goals. Have you gotten that far, or you're just like you know what? Let's just get through the first year. Let's get through the first two, three years, and and then we'll see what's happening. No, I there. think um, no, I think look, the goal is, and this is something that Jamie actually said when we were talking about equity shares, and if I was generally invested in this very early on, is like he said to me like, I want to be doing this when I'm forty. I want this to go to my kids. Okay. Like generally, wow. So 
he actually tried to do me dirty, but he didn't give me less 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 equity because he thought like a lot of the time, a lot of the time it's like, you know, people just want to jump in and make quick cash and like bounce. But I say I yeah, say it's and bounce, yeah. there's so much like you're putting in your blood, sweat, and tears into this. Like it's a big thing, but yeah, some yeah. people just want to do it for like maybe five, ten years and just leave and enjoy life, right? But what I said yeah. to Jamie is that I'm very passionate just about people and ground floor allows mm. me to do that every day. Just converse with like new people about different things every day. And mm-hmm. I don't think there's a job like that that I could do in the world where I'm actually making real relationships at the same time. Like, you know, I remember mm-hmm. there's a photo of me on ground floor Insta where I'm having a glass of wine, just laying down with my laptop at like 5 PM on a, thursday or a friday <laughs> like, i'm having conversation about real real things um and what, yeah. what, what's important to people not none of this like surface stuff like or fickle mm. things like just generally having a laugh man and i think that mm-hmm. that stuff is so important so you know yeah. i see i want ground i generally would i want ground floor to be as big as her house i'm not gonna lie to you mm-hmm. um i we're we're not soho house it's... like as i've said mm-hmm. um we're not we work mm-hmm. either and I think we're trying to, like, every day we're defining what we are, what we're not anyways, mm-hmm. which I think naturally mm-hmm. will then guide us to what we are. But I genuinely yeah. believe, like, there's a real space for just something that allows, you know, you were even mentioning, like, ground floor, even just for entrepreneurs. But a lot of our members mm-hmm. are just people who work for the standard companies, the everyday person. Okay. And people forget wow. that. Like, there's people just grinding and doing stuff, but they're not talked about or they're not shouted about because they're yeah. just consistent and good at what they do, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a, mm-hmm. whether it be like, I don't know, a customer service um, exec mm-hmm. or a product designer or whatever, like, yeah. or a nurse from, like, we've got a nurse who's uh, even like a member of Ralph. Like, there's people who are just mm-hmm. doing like great things day to day. And I think they should yeah. be able to also have access to these sp- beautiful, elevated spaces to meet other cool people in different industries yeah. because I think intersectional spaces just create magical conversations man and so yeah. that's really what i'm about and i think like i'd love to have a ground floor in just neighborhoods that i think are like socially underserved and what i mean by mm-hmm. that is that traditionally like maybe not many people would have thought of going there um because like they're like mm, there's not much there or you know i want to be in the depths of like a metropolitan city but you know as i yeah. said there's this new world of hybrid work so people are being able to move out to places where they get more space and stuff but as mm-hmm. i said people still need to meet other people right that, that that's not yeah. gonna go away and yeah i always say it becomes very it becomes much more difficult to create new friendships and relationships mm-hmm. when you're once you're outside of organized institutions such as school work or um or university for example or a religious institution mm-hmm. for that matter yeah. um so I see ground floor acting as that new new pillar um, in that in that type of space for adults who, you know, as I say, are either in a new place and they don't know what to do, so they need friends, yeah. or for adults who have been in that place but their friends have like left, so they're then lonely. And then the third third segment is for people whose friends are still in the same locality, but they all think alike and they want to meet new people who don't necessarily yeah. think alike. Who they can also learn from so that's how yeah. i see like the three sort of sectors for the type of people we're looking for at ground floor and who make up our membership base wow 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 that's epic that is epic that's 
absolutely amazing man um like yeah everything you're saying like i could i could just see it i could see the vision i don't know why why combinator couldn't see the vision i can clearly clearly see and i think the reason why i can see that is because i guess I, even both of us i think we've both been in that unique situation like i'm still doing my nine to five but i'm also you know doing savvy savvy wallet on the side and but for both of them i'm working from home right and i'm I pretty much work from home like all the time i can go to the office like it's not it's not like a yeah. problem but i feel like i can see why there's definitely a need for that because even before my current company which has a great culture i would say that the previous company was lacking in that culture lacking in them kind of spaces where it felt like homely I could meet like-minded people. Yeah, maybe I could meet like-minded people, but it wasn't just in the best spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore, you didn't even really want to be in the office. So yeah, I can definitely, I can definitely like see that. I wanted to understand, right? Because obviously, you like you've done, you've been in the startup world for na- for 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 quite a bit now. I wanted to understand, like, what lessons have you kind of learned from your first startup that you did to to this one that you're working with um, in Ground Floor, like. I think um, what you plan and how you plan it yeah <laughs> I think firstly it's just the fact of like I'd say I'd say just being a lot smarter with money being a lot more mm-hmm. like bullish and aggressive with how mm-hmm. money is used I think um yeah you know I think you know start you need you te- like realistically every startup needs money like, no matter what anyone says even if you're bootstrapping it yourself yeah. you're like bootstrapping it because it needs cash right so Mm-hmm. I think learning the fact that mm-hmm. you can see money escape and not know where it's escaping to, or it's not being used directly on, mm-hmm. I guess, the product, which is all that actually matters at the time, is like the main, I think, you know, big mm-hmm. mistake in learning I've made. And we try and ensure, in particular, like Jamie, he's very like on the numbers to make sure we're like spending on the right things. Um, <laughs> so we're very, we run yeah. a very like, lean operation in terms of like, on the ground stuff mm-hmm. um you know sometimes the property is like not it's like self-service technically it's not even manned um for some mm-hmm. few hours which is very different to all the other concepts um and i think for us like we're really trying to we're trying to build a place that enables that like we're trying to build you know like physical assets that enable people to feel comfortable mm-hmm. and safe in um so yeah i, I would guess yeah. that that's 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 the biggest like mis- like learning and then I guess, other than that, is that working, working like twenty four seven around the clock, um, sometimes also doesn't get you results. Um, I actually mm-hmm. remember my dad laughs about it all the time. There's a time where I was doing some fam- like some work um, in the first startup, and I would wake up at mm-hmm. like must be like quarter to six, and not go to bed, wow. like literally working on it all the way up until like. Oh, 11 o'clock at night um, wow. because I was doing a lot of uh, publishing of content at that time um, for one of mm-hmm. our like mini products that we built called Summit and mm-hmm. that was all about like just you know giving people bite-sized news yeah news summaries um, like constantly like literally as it happened um, so mm-hmm. as you can imagine news happens literally every second of the day so yeah trying to be the first one there so I realized that 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 stuff was just killing me, and you know we saw mm-hmm. some we, we saw some good results, but you know what I think from ground like I've learned is that you really need to take some time for yourself 
Um, and I think mm-hmm. me and Jamie really try and ensure everyone in the team does that. Um, yeah. Because like, at the end of the day, like life's about living, man. Life's not about like mm-hmm. dying for work. Like there's more to work. Like, yeah. I'm not saying don't exactly. love what you do, but like you know, like I don't think we're on this world just to work. That that's quite hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. Wow, wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. How many? How many employees do you, do you guys have now? Uh, I think we got three. Yeah, three now. Wow, including okay, including the founders. So there's about six of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, in less than a year. This is crazy how much could happen in a year, right? Because <laughs> if you think about this year, this same time a year ago, you hadn't even gotten to the part where you were going for funding. Nah. So you've managed to do that, get as a lot of a lot of funding, move to San Francisco, San Francisco, build your club, get get members, hire employees. You guys have done a lot. You should be proud. You should be really yeah, proud. You. Done a lot. Like a lot, like I'm proud, and that's it's, it's really nice to hear those kind of stories, which is why I wanted to get you onto the podcast. I, I already knew I was going to get you on, but um, this is this is the kind of stories that like I want the listeners to hear because I feel like it's going to help them navigate their journey, and also as well, I think like you know, like when people become successful, a lot of people think that we know every step of what we're doing. We just always know what we're doing, like like as if. But that's not the truth. Sometimes the difference is, is that you're willing to take the leap and be like, you know what? I actually might not know fully, but I'm happy to learn and just keep on adjusting and keep on improving and just keep on getting better over time, you know? Um, and I think that's what sets people from, you know, being a really good entrepreneur to just being maybe, you know, standard because they're just willing to just get stuck in it and, and do the dirty work. So yeah, no, it's, it's a great story. I really enjoyed uh, having you um, on this podcast i wanted to get like what's what's next for you at the moment next um well as mm-hmm. i said firstly getting back to san francisco and continuing mm-hmm. this grind for sort of getting the right people to join our community um at ground yeah. floor and, stuff. and then i guess you know in theory location number two man we are okay wow ready yeah, mad <laughs> currently uh talking about that Heaven, I mean, we should have been figuring it out yesterday, but that's the next step, man. It's literally like wow. at the end of the year, we want to have three locations open. Wow, 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 wow. I wish you luck in that and we'll, we'll touch base on that again. Yeah. We'll probably bring you back in when you, when you, I don't know, whatever you say is successful. When you say, I told okay, we, we got 15 locations now. I'm coming back onto the podcast to talk about like how that happened. Um, yeah, I'm ready. 15, 30, 100 ready for that and um do you have a last word for for the people yeah i mean if anyone i don't want to say because i always say like oh yeah everyone shout me in it because it's always super mm-hmm. difficult because like obviously mm-hmm. like i'm just hella busy and my time zone yeah eight hours behind yeah ain't no yeah. joke so but like look i'm always happy to you know people hit me up on emails it might take me a bit longer but you know happy to try and like provide guidance more so like mm-hmm. i can't can't do anything for you i always feel like it's mm-hmm. it's generally down to you um and i'm not trying to you know be some sort of preacher but that's the truth man like i think you know but mm-hmm. you know these come these sort of like podcasts where you know we're sort of chopping it up and talking about it i'm mm-hmm. hoping it like helps at least like 
one person or even yeah. a tiny bit, man. Um, it's been, and it's also just been very nice for you having me on, man. I really appreciate it because mm-hmm. I haven't reflected on this whole journey mm-hmm. up until this. Yeah. You know, as I said, it's now been 30 years that I've been on this earth, man. And just thinking yeah. about all of that is actually mad. Mm-hmm. It's um, crazy, man. You've done a lot. You've done a lot in 30 years, man. You should be proud. You've done a lot. And that's the thing. Sometimes we don't look back and be like, you know what? Wow, I've, I've achieved all that. I've done all that. We always, you know, I think, in, especially like really hungry people, really determined people, focused people, they're always looking forward for what's next, what's next, about reflecting. Wow, like I achieved all of this. This is all the skills that I, I've sort of built up. So yeah, this, this this podcast is a little bit like therapy sometimes as well, I find for people. Yeah, it's a little bit like therapy as well for people. So yeah, no, I, 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 I agree. I, I hope that, you know, the listeners, I hope that, you know, you've taken um, a lot from Jermaine's story. You feel inspired by it. Do reach out to him. Where, where can people find you? What's uh, yeah. Ground Floors? Like, where, where can they find uh, Ground Floor on yourself? Yeah, so we got our Instagram handles, like Ground Floor Club um, on Instagram. And then mm-hmm. my, my, to be honest, my account's private, so my social account. So, because I like keeping my life down low. But you can hit me up mm-hmm. on, like, um, my Raf, Raphael, so R-A-P-H-A-E-L. And then my last name, I-J-I-E-H at gmail.com um, and just yeah shoot me shoot me an email if, if you ever need anything or just need some like tips but you know um, yeah thanks again Atto um, massively appreciate you man no and, uh, well, come, you come a long way man as well so these podcasts mm-hmm. are sick man and just thank you for like financial literacy amongst you know yeah. black people and just people of our culture and stuff I think um, stuff like this is needed yeah. we don't talk about it enough and, you know, everyone's trying to make, whether it's their idea or their journey, a secret. And I don't think it ever should be. Because people need to learn. Like, mm-hmm. everyone needs to try and help get the other person up. Um, I don't believe in handouts. I believe in hand-ups. So, you know, yeah, I think love that. people just need to, people need to recognize that. Because that's how we, like, move as as a race in, in, in totality. Mm-hmm. Black, white, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it's about. So... So yeah, man, but I appreciate you, man, still, as I said. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I, I, I agree, hand up, I love that. I'm going to use that in the future, hand up, that is sick. I, I appreciate you for, for spending the time um, to, to come on to this episode. Listeners, I hope that you've you know, you got your notebooks out uh, for this one. And thank you for joining us today and listening to us and spending some time with us. We'll speak to you in next week's episode. Thank you. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20.